1: Hey, this is Greg Rosenthal with the Around the NFL podcast. Before we get to the show today, got to talk a little bit about FanDuel. A lot of fantasy seasons are over. I wrapped up a big-time title with some help from Demarius Thomas on Monday night, but the season's not over at FanDuel because they have weekly leagues. You just play, you win some cash for your one-week of fantasy action, and that week includes Week 17. A lot of big games this week. Joey Watts. Josephus, Joe, Joe Watson from New York played fantasy football on FanDuel for less than two weeks last season, and he won over 30,000. Jeez, raining money. Go to FanDuel.com. You can click on the microphone in the upper right-hand corner and use our code AROUND and sign up now. There's a special new user. Special 50 people can get $200 Free. The offer is only good if you use our code AROUND. Again, that code is AROUND. Help us out. Support our sponsors. Hook us up. And uh, go to FanDuel.com. The Around the NFL podcast. Can't do epic with basic people. Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. I'm Greg Rosenthal, and I'm sitting next to one sad, solitary hero, Mark Sessler. How you doing?
2: I'm good. You know, it, it's, uh, it's stunning to me that, uh, to, you know, Dan Hansis and Chris <laughs> Wesley prioritized being with their families over producing the show today.
1: Yes, we're taping this a couple days before Christmas. Dan and Chris will join us later in the show for a pre-recorded segment that we did before they both hopped on some planes, and they headed back to their uh, nuclear families. And so they're going to have a nice... They're
2: extended ho-
1: family. They are a nuclear family with their... I guess that's true. That's, yeah, But they're going to see their parents and whatnot. Chris is on to Cincinnati. Dan is in the uh, New York area. And hope they have a great holidays. We'll be holding down the fort here uh, back in Los Angeles.
2: Yeah, it's been an interesting... Uh, You've been
1: here a decade. You are an L.A. man at this point.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it takes about that long to feel like Los Angeles is a home and it is, and it's uh the city's told me many times that's true.
1: I went to the beach on Christmas last year it was like eighty degrees that's
2: very Australian of you
1: well we opened all the presents you know we did it it's like it was eleven o'clock it was like let's do this. Isn't that kind of, if you're going to be here, embrace it. We made some hamburgers and whatnot.
2: I think we'll do the same thing. I don't, I don't even know what the plans are. We roll in with
1: no plans. <laughs> Just see what happens. So this is a, a big show, as Dan would say. As I mentioned, Dan and Chris will join us later. We're going to go over all our season-long go-get-my-lunch propositions. That's at the beginning of the year. We made some picks, what's going to happen, so we'll find out who was right and who was wrong. But before we do that, we're going to talk... A little bit about the Broncos-Bengals game, and then we're gonna go through quickly the Week 17 slate. And to help us out there, let's bring in uh, our old friend TD. What's happening,
3: guys? And Dan always says it's a really big show. You know, I know. I it is.
1: It's a, it, every show is big. Our fans, they it's big to them. Someone on Twitter said they should give us we should give them a christmas present with a 2 hour long podcast. Oof. I like that. Ooh. I think this is a, let's be honest, this is a truncated show. Fewer people in the mix and we're going
2: to
3: whip through these games. We can make it happen though guys. You know, you can't do epic stuff with basic people.
1: I did notice a certain bounce in TD's step though. Uh, sometimes there's some heat between Hansus and uh, TD as the two real leaders of the podcast, the producer, the host, talent versus producer. It's an age-old battle. It's an
3: inherent battle. It's there, and, you know. It's it's part of the game. But uh, it's and, all love. Daniel's all love. And, and, Happy but holidays. you kind of walked
1: into the studio today. You're like, this is my show today. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> all right, let's do it's some. It's a disturbing
2: news. clash of egos, is what <laughs> it
3: is. <laughs> let's do some. news. I
0: like this kind of party.
1: All right. Well, that's not
3: my news drop. I was just saying, you know, without Dan. Oh, I'm filling, I am filling this party, but time for the news drop. Is that what you want?
1: Let's, all do right, it. let's do it. All right, all right, all right. The Cincinnati Bengals are headed back to the playoffs for the fourth straight year. We can't get rid of these guys in an upset. An upset that Mark Sessler had a little Sessler about, but he couldn't pull the trigger. They take down Denver in what I believe was the best primetime game of the season because there was so much at stake, so much happened in the game, and Cincinnati, and their defense especially, in the end, was too good.
2: Yeah, I I really, was in the office with you guys telling you, I so want to pick the Bengals and take my pick away from the Broncos. And when I didn't, and the game unfolded as, as, as it did, <laughs> Wesley and Greg received about, what, 407
1: angry IMs? It was strange. You were texting us, uh, I've never seen you so emotionally distraught out of nowhere, especially because well, you were rooting for the, you know, you were watching a Bengals victory.
2: I will say this is the first Bengals team of all these, you know, kind of milk toast playoff entries that we've gotten. I think there's some grit to this team. And for me, the turning point actually came early when Andy Dalton, throws that awful interception. You thought, you know what, oh, we're getting the evil Andy, and this thing's going to go down a bad avenue, just like it did against the Browns in that primetime game. Jeremy Hill willed this team Mm. back into the grid. I thought that run was one of the better athletic moments of the entire season. I love Hill. I think he's the best young rookie running back.
1: I agree, and... I loved what John Gruden said on the show when Mike Tirico kind of went through all these reasons why Gio Bernard, well, they, they want to you know keep him fresh and he's good on third down and they're going to use him in certain different ways. And then Gruden w- just said, well, that's a nice way of saying Jeremy Hill's a better runner.
2: That's what he is. I think that he's a great guy. Yeah, and that's no yeah.
1: slight to Gio Bernard, who is a great role player for them. He caught five passes for 45 yards. He had a touchdown, 36 yards on the ground. That, that's a great one-two punch. I don't know if there's a better one-two punch in the entire league. Hill makes people miss. That's what I didn't know about him. That you know, He's a power guy that can be volume, 20 carries, but he makes people miss. He's got some uh, juice. Well,
2: yeah, and they always advertise him as this like, inside between the tackles hammer and, oh, Gio Bernard's going to be doing all this stuff in space. It's, they absolutely didn't tell us what he really was, and on tape he's completely different. I'm shocked that LSU wasn't a powerhouse. Yeah. They had Beckham. They had
1: Jeremy Hill. Jarvis Landry. Come on. And this is a game that shows how good the rest of the Bengals are. Because A.J. Green was hurt, he was in and out. He didn't have a catch. Andy Dalton did nothing. Andy Dalton, For the a- second week in a row. Everyone wants to talk about Peyton Manning with four picks. Oh wow, it's like he pulled the Dalton. Dalton did even less than Manning. He didn't. He didn't do anything. They only had two drives in the entire game on offense that were scoring drives that were over thirty yards. So it was special teams and it was defense. And one of those two drives, all Andy did was Andy Dalton did was hand the ball off one time to Jeremy Hill. And the other one where where Gio Bernard scores, all he does is throw a little dump out pass. Well and that's how and
2: that's how you win with Andy Dalton as your quarterback. I mean are you flipping flipping sides, are we officially concerned about the rest of the season for Peyton Manning here?
1: Well that is, you know, the big hot take. Fiascos after the game. We're going to hear a lot about Peyton Manning over the next few weeks. To me, it's interesting. I mean, watching that game last night, I was fascinated because for the first half, we think, oh, my gosh, Peyton Manning's done. They can't do anything. The timing was off. He was confused. His arm doesn't look good. And then in the third quarter, three straight touchdown drives just like that. I mean, everyone says he's done, but they kind of ignore the fact that he – had a 45-yard throw to Demarius Thomas, a very nice throw up the sideline to Sanders. He had five plays over 25 yards in the air against San Diego last week. It's just like his decision-making's wrong and the arm's not strong. He's just not quite the same guy.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think that he's going to have a game, and it certainly could probably come against the Raiders on Sunday, which if they win that, they get a bye, number one. He's got
1: time to get right. I, I, I don't want to overreact to a guy that we've seen. If well, you were ever... last night on your text. Yeah, I was saying. It, I think this is one of the best Broncos teams, or the best teams that Peyton Manning's ever been on. And I know they didn't show it last night, but I believe that because I think this can be a top three or four defense, and I think they have a good running game. You don't need Peyton Manning to necessarily be the dominant quarterback. He just needs to not throw picks like
2: that. Yeah, and I mean, I think Adam Gase has showed us over the last month that they can plan an offense that go- steers away from Manning's arm to some degree.
1: And that and that's crazy to me. And that's why all the conversation about Manning is fair. Because over the last month, he has done very little. He threw 20 pass attempts in the last two weeks. This game, they started out again just playing very slow, running the ball, and then eventually they did the hurry up. That worked for a quarter. It didn't work in the fourth quarter. It's just been so – when was the last time there was a Peyton Manning offense that just didn't feel like – a finely-tuned passing machine.
2: Yeah, I mean, TD, I think these guys are coming around to the sandwich bet that I put up in week one that said Manning, after one week in the playoffs, which will be a loss, into the sunset, it's over.
3: Mark might be on to something. It does feel like those last few weeks, he's just sort of, he's looking like an old man now. It's sad to see, really. He might just be like, you know what, guys, I'm done.
1: It's crazy that that... If That would be the all-time Sessler. We're actually going to talk about that one a little later with all the other sandwich uh, propositions, but it is insane. It wouldn't totally stun me if he had two terrible games. This loss was big for them, though, because they have no chance now at the one seed. They're going to have to beat Oakland to make sure they get the two seed. You know, it just sets up an interesting second-round match. We could very well see a rematch of this game in the divisional round yeah. if Cincinnati was able to win the AFC North and they get the three seed. That's looking far ahead. I still think people are jumping off this Broncos team too fast, and they have a, a almost a 50-50 chance with the Patriots to make the Super Bowl. I can't that's, disagree. That's my hot take. All right, let's uh, move on since we have a short amount of time today and start looking at the Week 17 slate. And if you want to check out our uh, NFL Now video this week, it's 3 Things to watch in week 17 it's in our folder on nfl now you you guys do that at home mark you and simone actually watch us on your television yeah well
2: you know here's the thing you click into it and then you you know you go make dinner or you go wrangle the kids and it's it keeps playing them so it's great for the it's great for the clicks (laughs) the company whatever
1: i don't know how to do that how to put it on your tv i'll show you i'll come over and show you simone said though whenever you guys fire it up it seems like it's always me I said, uh, it is often I you. Said, I, like I think that. that the
2: people in charge have identified
1: <laughs> I Greg <don't> think... <laughs> as the most uh, impressive analyst of the group. Well, I, I can't find anyone else's videos. I've gotten way off track here, but one of our takeaways, one of our things to watch is the AFC wildcard bonanza that's going to happen at 1 p.m. Eastern. Four teams go in, one team comes out. <laughs> and we find out all in three hours. Chiefs and Chargers play each other, Ravens and Texans are involved elsewhere. Only one of those teams gets through. Let's start with San Diego because they're first in line. Going to Kansas City, this team has a little bit of magic. What do you think about this Chargers-Chiefs matchup?
2: Well, team of ATL is the Chargers, so I, I would like to see them go in and play the way they did down the stretch against the Niners. I, don't, I think this is a tough deal for them, having to go into Kansas City. But what about Kansas City's offense really – captures you at this point i just don't i don't want to see kansas city in the playoffs as a football fan
1: no i don't either and they are last in line out of the four teams because not only do they have to beat san diego they need the texans to lose at home to jacksonville that's a long shot they need the ravens to lose at home to the browns who have quarterback issues that's a long shot so what you could see here is a chiefs team have a nice final week beat a big time rival get a win Yay, but the season's over anyways. That that's a very possible scenario. I think
2: we would get over that. I mean, the one if if Kansas City looks at what Frank Gore was able to do against San Diego's defense last week, they can expose them with the run. I mean, if Jamal Charles, I don't know how healthy Jamal Charles is, but he can if he could have a big day,
1: that's how you keep this game even for Kansas City. Charles is a huge factor in this game. So is Ryan Matthews. The Chargers yeah. seem optimistic that Matthews could return for this week. Phillip Rivers is playing through a bulging disc in his back. I mean, that performance so, was so insane. If they make the playoffs, it will be one of the most insane runs to make a playoff because their chances of winning that game in San Francisco were, were like 1% for so much of that game. They oh, have yeah. to make 17 different plays. It makes you wonder, is this kind of a team of, I hate to say destiny, but a team that just has some mojo with them, and they're going to find a way to be, you know, a, a mediocre, generic Kansas City. Team. I just think that with Kansas City or with the, with the Chargers,
2: I mean, Rivers is having one of those strange years where I, I, I he's not been healthy for the right. He looked bad in weeks. the first half yeah. against
1: the the ers and then suddenly he's throwing a g- passes to guys that you haven't even seen. This team, I don't think either of these teams are very good, though.
2: No, and they're very fallible, and so it's. I mean, really, at this point, you I, we have to kind of hope that the best. The the high-quality teams get in. I'm not sure it's either one of these two.
1: I'm not sure there really is one in the AFC that looks great because let's talk about the Ravens and the Browns. You know, we've all thought, myself especially, all year, I thought the Ravens were a top six or seven NFL team, that they were underrated all year. And what have they done the last two weeks? They struggled to beat Jacksonville in Baltimore, where the offense really struggled, and then they got wiped out by Case Keenum. So is this team even that good at this point?
2: Well, maybe we... When, when we were we were searching to identify the most balanced, consistent team in the AFC North, I'm not sure one exists at all, and, that, and maybe that's the answer, but they're not going to have a problem taking care of Cleveland this week. Cleveland's defense has been a shambles of late, and Baltimore runs the ball well. They're not going to have to go out of their way to win this game, especially with Cleveland starting potentially Connor Shaw, who you know 999 oh of the population has never heard of. But you know him well. I don't know him well. I mean, but I've you, corresponded you guys, with him a few times. You've yeah. corresponded with him. He's a nice fellow. I mean, I, I told him that if he wins this game. NFL insider Guy will not need to buy a drink in the city of Cleveland ever again. But, I mean, he's up against it. I mean, the team has fallen apart.
1: Baltimore, if they thought they were going to get a stingy Week 17 Browns defense, that's not happening. Well, you never know. Brian Hoyer might start. We're taping this we on, don't know. on Tuesday. It's coming out. You can listen to it all week. But for all we know, Brian Hoyer has a chance to play, even if Hoyer does play, and that would certainly help them. I I think it's going to be tough to go to Baltimore. But, again, I I think I have to stress Justin Forsett hasn't done anything the last couple weeks. The offensive line is really banged up for the Ravens. They lost both their tackles last week. That's the issue, I think. Right tackle uh, Wagner I don't think is going to be coming back. You know, everything's been a little bit of a mess. That Ravens team that
2: went to the Super Bowl, though, there was a coup d'etat in the locker room weeks before the regular season ended, and they looked ridiculous. They did not
1: look good. They got trashed by the Broncos. In Baltimore, right? I think it was Week 14 or Week 15. Everyone said their season was over, and then suddenly they're Super Bowl champs. How about the fact, uh, TD, that Mark Sessler's buddies with Connor Shaw? I'm totally overstating. But I'm this, not, Yeah, by the I'm way, not sure Connor Shaw listers. would categorize that. I, I'm totally overstating. Yeah, it's true, this. and neither will I. It's like Adam Schefter famously, him and Mike Shanahan were tight. You know, some people were tight with Bill Parcells. You're big time insider, Connor Shaw. <laughs> Not accurate, number one,
2: and I'm stunned that the the man is even taking the field potentially this week.
1: Jaguars and Texans are the other game that matters for this final number six seed. Houston is still alive. Big-time home favorites, even though they're, they're facing Case Keenum. I mean, they're starting Case Keenum at quarterback this week. They need... Like I said, the Chargers and the Ravens to lose, which crazier things have happened. Do you think that they could have any problems here with Jacksonville?
2: Well, I think Jacksonville has been such a hot and cold team, but we saw their defense on that game against uh, the the, the prime time game last week. They got their that pass rush. Tennessee, is <laughs> Tennessee. I, Very right. typical. That no, you right. couldn't even remember. I completely forgot that the Titans. There are thirty two teams in the league. They're one of them. I I don't know. I mean, Jacksonville's a hot and cold act, but. Again, you wouldn't have thought Houston could plug Case Keenum in last week and do anything but maybe put up a couple of points. And Bill O'Brien deserves credit for week-to-week week keeping this team very competitive with questions at quarterback. It's
1: another nod at why J.J. Watt needs MVP consideration for what he does. Well, we we have. I know. I think he would be my vote right now. Him and Rodgers are my top two, but I think Watt might be my vote. And he certainly could get more attention if they can somehow sneak into the playoffs or even win a ninth game here to have a winning record or catch a winning
2: touchdown pass you know mm-hmm. while adding a pick six against this uh Jacksonville
1: team. Well, I've thought a few things about this Texans team all season, which is that their defense is overrated. People remember when they used to be good, but they have played a lot better over the last few weeks. They they beat Jacksonville 27-13, that's kind of what you expect. And then they hold the, they hold the Colts to 17 points in a game where, you know, their offense didn't do anything and put them in a bad spot, they did a great job against Andrew Luck, and they made Joe Flacco look like a bum last week. So their defense is kind of peaking right now. You have Arian Foster healthy. You have Andre Johnson healthy. Finally, it's actually not that bad a team. Yeah, Foster. I think, they, Foster, take care of, I think it, they take care of the.
2: Jaguars. I think so. He's had a sneaky great season, Arian Foster. And you're talking about Blake Bortles, who you know, and he didn't even play the whole season. Is like the second most sacked quarterback. In the league, partly because he holds the ball too long,
1: but secondly, that offensive line is a sieve. Right, and the Jaguars, you know, nice job. You got a, you know you got another win last week. Let's not ruin. And I don't your, think they've done a great job this season. Let's not ruin your draft pick too much. Let's just stay in the top five. You don't want to get your record too nice. Uh, so those are those are the teams fighting for the wild card spot, and the the other games that matter, of course, in the AFC, are the games that help decide seeding and division, and the big one of that, Bengals. Steelers, another game that we talked about on our three things to watch this week, the Bengals defense is playing much better, but the Steelers are looking a little bit more like a complete team after last week as well
2: well, and it's like they flipped places with the Ravens and that they suddenly become that team that we can look to mm. and, and really if the Steelers were to get hot and this they were my Super Bowl pick and, and I probably wouldn't if I knew what I knew go back and do that again, but they if they were to put together some sort of peak performance. We have to, if they play the way they can on offense, who can stop them in the AFC? They really are a team that when they're operating on all cylinders, they could take care of the Bengals number one and go on from
1: there. Didn't you double down on that on our midseason prediction? Sure. The Steelers were struggling at that time, and you just made your midseason prediction essentially the same as your preseason prediction, and you said the Steelers are going to run through the AFC – and go win it all.
2: Well, that was a case
1: where... But they, it's I, it was, actually looking pretty decent right now. They, they yeah. did go on a run, relatively. Yeah, it was
2: a chance to just do a copy and paste from what I would written in <laughs> August and save myself <laughs> some time. But, um, yeah, I'll stick with that. Although, listen, this Bengals team, which I've never been high on this Andy Dalton-Marvin Lewis combination, but it's because of everything around Andy Dalton, like we just talked about at the top of the show with the game last night, that this is the first Bengals team of these playoff entries that I can get behind that excites me, that I, I would want to watch in the playoffs.
1: Their defense hadn't been the same for much of the year, but they're playing better now. Carlos Dunlop's playing well. Uh, They're a little healthier at at linebacker. Geno Atkins has been a little bit better. He's been solid down the stretch. It's a really fascinating game because if the Steelers can win this and they have another game where Worlds and Harrison in their front seven looks good, I mean, they hit the playoffs as the number three seed. Most likely the winner of this game is going to be the three seed barring a big-time Broncos upset. And, you know, that's a good spot. And maybe you're going to Denver in the second round. And, right. and the Pittsburgh Steelers at least hit the playoffs really looking as good as they've looked all year.
2: Yeah, and I know everyone's down on the Colts right now, but I don't want to be a Bengals team or any AFC wildcard team that gets in and has to go to Indianapolis the, with a healthy T.Y. Hilton.
1: So the loser of this game goes to Indianapolis. Don't want to do that. We're not even going to talk about Colts-Titans this week because it doesn't mean anything because the Colts could win that game, as they should. But if they lose it, it really doesn't make a difference. They're They're locked in. They're going to be the four seed, and they're going to play the loser uh, of this AFC North matchup, Bengals and Steelers. And it does make me wonder, you know, can the Bengals get it done in Pittsburgh just because – that's such a big difference for them. They were shut out in Indianapolis, remember, early in the year. So it is such a – even though it's great they beat Denver, this is really the game that matters because if they have to go to Indianapolis in the first round of the playoffs, that smells like another one and done. Yeah,
2: I mean, their playoffs essentially
1: started with the Denver game, and this is just as important. So Denver and Oakland play the other AFC game that makes a difference on Sunday. Oakland has won three games here down the stretch. Denver has to win this game to clinch the number two seed. Do we think there could have any problems with it?
2: The only thing about Oakland, Oakland needs to be at home, I think, to have any chance to keep this thing close. Although, I, you know, honestly, part of that is just thinking of what we know about the Broncos, that they're going to go in and drop some epic bomb on Oakland. Oakland's defense last couple weeks has looked very interesting. Mm. Khalil Mack has been playing lights out. I, Derek Carr has been really good one game, and then the all, entire offense has zero rhythm the next. So, it just depends which Raiders team you get to even maybe make it a game.
1: They but weren't how even can... competitive in Kansas City. They haven't they been the same team on the road. No. But the, these games, the, the Broncos game will be at 425. No one's going to be watching that game, by the way. Because it's Not up. a single person will <laughs> watch that game. It's the same time as Panthers-Falcons, which is basically a playoff game, and it's the same time as Lions-Packers, which decides the NFC North. And since we're talking about it, let's just flip over to the NFC. You know, sorry, Jets and Dolphins fans. Real and- quick question, though. You okay. just mentioned Khalil Mack, by the way.
3: <laughs> but was that a question? question. No, that wasn't not, a question. had serious. to do that. that I had to do it. Right. But serious question, though. I was talking to DJ yesterday Move the Stakes. ODB or Khalil Mack, who would be number one if the draft was today?
1: Oh, I would go ODB. I think it would be Beckham. And I know – Teams value pass rushers more, but Beckham's first whatever games this is now eleven have been so over the top extraordinary, I think it would have to be Beckham. You what did, what be, did DJ say? DJ, I think DJ was leading towards
3: Mac. He didn't really choose. I'm all I'm all in on ODB. I'm like Wes. I'm all in. If you yeah.
2: know what you know and you're the GM that goes Mac over Beckham, you're gonna have to hope that Beckham doesn't do what we think he's going to do I mean because he could sell
1: tickets for the next decade for your franchise because what's the floor for Mac I think it's a multiple pro bowler yeah but it's not necessarily the best pass rusher of his generation it's just a really good pro bowler which is awesome I mean that's well, we haven't exactly seen him as want.
2: a pass rusher. And as his numbers are – he lately, last half he, of the season, He hasn't been yes. getting
1: sacks, but he's had tons of hurries, tons he's of disruptive. hits, and it's starting to show up. And he he's going to be a great player. I mean, I think those would be the top two. You picked you pick the right two. Um, so that wraps up our look at the AFC. We're going to speed through some of these NFC games. I think we have to start with the NFC North. Lions, Packers, decides the division. The winner of this game could be as high as the one seed – and the loser could be as low and likely would be the sixth seed. How wacky is that? I've never heard of that going into the final week. You know, it would be very wacky for the Packers with what we've
2: seen them be end up as the sixth seed in this thing. All they got to do is lose this game, it's probably going to happen. Because uh, to me, if you put them at home, if they get potentially a, a, a buy. They are one of the unbeatable forces in the NFC. And this is Detroit's chance because I think a lot of people don't believe in the Lions or they just haven't watched the Lions. There's a lot of good parts. It's a great defense. Here's the defense that could potentially slow down Aaron Rodgers and the Packers if there's one out there. So Mm. prove it to me, Lions, that you're a playoff team that can do more than coast into
1: the sixth seed and get bonked out in week one. Or, you know, win a game and you're gone. Just give us a good game at least. You know, the the Lions won, you know, this matchup in Detroit. And Aaron Rodgers in this Packers offense didn't look great when they played a good pass rush in Buffalo. This game, of course, will be at home. But on paper, it's it's not a terrible, terrible matchup for Detroit because they're a rare team that can disrupt Rodgers who, you know, a few medical things wrong with him lately. They're not quite in sync. And they're facing a defense that is not a shutdown defense. So Stafford has struggled lately. But Reggie Bush looked good last week and it says Packers' defense isn't a shutdown defense by any means. You you figure they could score some points against
2: them. I think they can. I mean, we've gotten a different Lions
1: offense week to week, but the thing I with- don't know. I actually I disagree with that. They are one of the most consistent teams, I think, in the league when I watch them. I, I've watched the Lions, I think, more than any team, and they're a consistent C+. Plus. I mean, they they are pretty much the same mediocre— offense every week it's not the worst thing you've ever seen but it's bad unless they're playing a really bad team
2: see that that doesn't bode well for Detroit in my book because if Green Bay's at home and they get on one of these
1: explosive quarters where they drop 21 this things over so like I said the winner of this game has a chance to get the one seed it's a lot more likely that they'd be the two seed in the playoffs but the winner as long as there is a winner and there's no tie will get a playoff bye, and that's because the one seed is likely going to Seattle because, you know, there's, there's all these scenarios this week in the NFC, but they almost all depend on Seattle losing to the Rams. And Sean Hill is going up to Seattle, and he's going in for a world of pain.
2: Yeah, and I, I, it, the Rams' defense didn't look great last week. I think Seattle's just peaking on – they're peaking, and, and they're hitting the playoffs at the perfect time. It's shocking that two months ago we were wondering if the Seattle – dynasty or whatever it was, <laughs> was already over. And it's like, no, they just needed to get healthy, and they're the far support superior team this week.
1: Well, the Rams couldn't win two home games the last two weeks against Arizona and Ryan Lindley, and then they got waxed by the Giants. So th- what? this game looked very tricky on paper a month ago. I don't think it's tricky anymore. You figure the Seahawks roll, they get the one seed, and that leaves the Cowboys likely in the three seed because the Cowboys... The only chance they really have to move out of this three seed is either with a tie in some of these games, you know, to, to the Detroit game, or with the Seattle losing. So Dallas has a winnable game in Washington early on Sunday. It's a game they lost. They want to get revenge. Ultimately it probably won't make a difference to their seeding.
2: Yeah, and it's a game with two potential MVP candidates in Demarco Murray and Tony Romo, and if they—oh, I thought you were
1: going to say Robert Griffin the Third.
2: Well, you know he would be—he'd be on that short list.
1: There's no question. He'd I, be, enough with the MVP for Romo, by why? the way. Why? Give me a break. It's I don't like, think it's that crazy. I do. He's not
2: going to win it, but he's—he certainly has
1: to be the guy you'd have to consider. He's in that mix. You're the one that always says oh, I hate that these awards are just like narratives. You know, It's just like a storyline everyone likes. And isn't that all Romo for MVP is? Or it's not the MVP of the last three weeks of the season. It's the MVP of the season.
2: Well, it's going to be a quarterback. The, the offensive line
1: has been more valuable than him, and the running game has more ve- been more valuable than him. And Romo has been almost perfect in December. But you can't tell me he made a bigger difference than Aaron Rodgers did this year, or J.J. Watt, or Tom Brady, for that matter.
2: No, I, I'm sort of saying he's in the mix, though, and I don't
1: think it's like, I think he might win it, because people just love that narrative. I hate that, but I well, think it's possible. Well, let's start
2: with the with the understanding that the awards are nonsense, and we don't really care <laughs> who wins these things. I care. I, I, I care enough I, that I'm fired up like about this. It a big this. sham to me, but DeMarco Murray, he probably will not get it at this point, but he has been the heart of this, of this offense, for sure. Yeah,
1: you can't really give it to the offensive line as a group, but it would be crazy. And here's why I wouldn't give it to Romo. I think you can come up with seven or eight quarterbacks and you drop them on this Cowboys team and that offense is doing just as well or better. All right, but I also think yeah, I that think Romo... He, I don't think Romo's been a different... I think it's been a great year for him and he's a great quarterback, but he's not better than Aaron Rodgers and Brady this year.
2: I, I mean, I think he's hes just very quickly dismissed as... Well, this year especially that he's just game managing this team to an 11-4 record. <laughs> he's made some huge throws. I mean, I think yep. that he also is the guy that... He's come back from a back injury. I mean, there, you want the narrative is in place.
1: I hate the narrative. But the Cowboys, if they win this game, I think Romo has a real chance because the voting happens right after the regular season, and people will just get swept up with the, oh, wow, let's give it to Ro-, You know what I mean? Like, well, they what blamed, a career They turn blamed
2: around. like acid rain on him, and, and they blamed <laughs> on crime in various cities on him. It's time to give him a little bit of credit. How about that?
1: So the Cowboys likely headed to the three seed. Let's talk a little bit about the four seed in the NFC, and that's going to be the winner of the first playoff game of the year. Ultimately, this is the playoff game, Carolina-Atlanta. And people don't like this game, but you know what? I'm assigning myself this game because I'm excited for it. I think it's interesting to see these two teams that are playing better, two good quarterbacks, and one of them's into the big dance.
2: I think the Panthers right now are the better team, but I almost would like to see Atlanta get into the show because if you have Mm -hmm. one of those afternoons where Matt Ryan and Julio Jones – are on fire and it's going to be in Atlanta. They could deal. They could
1: deal a major upset to someone. They have a good chance. The winner of this game to host the Cardinals. Now a few, you know, a few things have to happen. But basically, if the Cardinals get into the playoffs, they're very likely to be the five seed and go on the road and probably be underdog to this team. So w- the winner of this game could easily be playing in the divisional round and be sent up to Seattle you know, like lambs for slaughter. I mean, that would be a disaster, disastrous divisional round game. But I do think these two teams are playing better. They're playing like nine and seven type of teams. And, you know, you're looking at two quarterbacks who are also playing their best football of the year. It's not not a bad game. Oh, I think it's
2: it's, it's classic to me that a seven-win team is going to get into the postseason. I love it.
1: The Falcons have been reliable lately. They have a generic defense, but their offense, the passing game is pretty good. The Panthers—they're also stopping the run, so that'll be an interesting matchup. Jonathan Stewart versus the Falcons. Panthers are a little more up and down, but it seems like they have more firepower overall.
2: I, I again, I, I want to see Julio Jones in the playoffs. He's the best player on either one of these mm. two teams, and that's what you want in the playoffs.
1: So the Cardinals, which we mentioned, likely headed for the five seed. You know, they they could get some help and get a bye and win the division. It looks like they're going to start Logan Thomas at quarterback in San Francisco for Jim Harbaugh's swan song.
2: Yeah, I think it's an absolute statement on Ryan Lindley that they know they're going nowhere with that, and and Logan Thomas is an, is a complete wild card. I mean, it was just pre-draft process where they thought he was going to get drafted as a tight end. That's maybe how his NFL career would go. And he, there's been reports you know, that he's been really up and down in practice whenever he's had a chance to take snaps. So I think that Bruce Arians is just basically saying – Listen, we'll do what we can. If they ever won this week against the Niners with Logan Thomas, you've got to
1: call Arian's Coach of the Year. That's a fact. Well, oh, he's Coach of the Year no matter what. He's Coach of the Century if he wins with Logan Thomas. There's a decent chance. First of all, Logan Thomas is playing in a game in which his team could be the number one seed in the NFC. That's insane. That's crazy. But it, it's a fact. It's, it's also, he it's also, also might be starting a playoff game. I think that's why Arians did this, is because Drew Stanton had a setback last week, and he wants to see if Thomas could possibly start that playoff game.
2: I think he's thinking that Thomas is going to give you a higher ceiling, but anything else that happens with him, we it's a complete enigma.
1: I just am disappointed that Logan Thomas is going to ruin the best career uh, stat line in NFL history. Right now, for his career, he has one for nine for 81 yards and a touchdown. Remember the he threw a little, I think it was, that's a, right. it was a little slant pass. Yeah. I, I forget who it was, too. It was Ellington, I think, yeah. Who ran for a long touchdown, one for nine for 81 yards. I mean, that's what you're getting with Logan Thomas. Not a lot of completions, but a lot of excitement. Not a lot, one. So Jim Harbaugh has a chance to go out in style, try, try to win that game. And that's really the last NFC game that matters. I mean, you got Saints-Bucks, that's going to, Helped decide the number one seed Bucks are in great position for it you got Bears Vikings no one really cares about that game at this point let's and not
2: waste people's precious time they're with their families they've taken time away from their eggnog and their various other right holiday cheers and booze filled <laughs> with drinks to hang out with us
1: and who who would have thought Eagles Giants doesn't make any difference in the world either other than like Odell Beckham setting you know the city on fire a little more. Set it on fire. So that that's all we got for you today. We've uh, run through all the games. Uh, We are still gonna talk a little bit about our sandwich propositions, and to do that, I'm gonna throw it over to my main man, Dan Hansis.
3: Get your Dan Hansis. Get your Dan Hansis.
0: All right, guys. So we have reached week 17, and it's time to revisit. Our go get my lunch propositions that we made. I believe we made them right after week one, if I rec- can recall. Yes. So, because of
1: poor planning.
0: Yeah. So <laughs> this time we're ahead of the game. Uh, we we've had three months have passed, and I'm a little afraid to look at some of these predictions, both on behalf of myself and you guys. I'm sure we some of the things we got behind probably didn't quite work out, but we're about to find out as we go through this list. And uh, I'll go straight from the top. And first of all, a big hearty thanks to. Uh, what's the Twitter
1: handle again? Go at, get go get my lunch. Go right?
0: at go get my lunch. Strangely it, enough. It better be. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna go through they did a great job, that that Twitter handle, like keeping track of all these, and we're actually using their official Twitter handle uh spreadsheet to go through these. So let's just go down the list and Chris Wesling's first and I will say that uh sandwiches one lost. It says that you have won five sandwiches. So all these are there are a few of these, by the way, that are pending uh, week 17 action, but a lot of this is settled, and we could talk about it. That's why we're doing it right now. Uh, Chris Wessling, five sandwiches won, seven sandwiches lost. Let's go Oh the champion the list.
1: has been taken down. He used to be great at this. I've seen the career standings, and I still stand on top. That's a, that's
0: past. All right, so Wes, <laughs> Wes threw out there that Teddy Bridge order will start week one. And Greg said, "I disagree. That won't be the case." There was once a time Greg doubted Teddy Bridgewater.
1: Well, he was on the same team with my other boy, Matt Castle, <laughs> and it looked like my uh, confidence in Matt Castle was proved correct. So, Teddy Bridgewater
0: didn't uh, start until when it was.
1: After uh, Castle got hurt, I think, four weeks in. Right. So then
0: we had Matt Flynn will not be on the Packers opening day roster. Greg took that one as well. No, oh, That was an easy
1: one. That was from the summer. I enjoyed <laughs> that one because we, Wes believed in this one. Matt <laughs> Flynn, thank I you, did buddy. I believe
4: in it, and I think Mark had my back a little bit on this one. Nobody wants to see Matt
0: Flynn throw a pass again in the NFL. Oh, I
2: certainly felt it logical if you are going to run a team, you wouldn't have him on your roster.
0: Mike Vick will start at least the next four games. Weeks 9, 10, 12, and 13, that was a mid-season one. That was a mid-season sandwich wager that Vic would start at least the next four games. And then, of course, Woody Johnson vetoed that and banged Wes hard, costing him sandwiches. Hold on.
4: Yes. Got some evidence here. Ooh. I would like to introduce Exhibit A from... This is the
1: most prep Wes has ever done <laughs> for this show. He's printed out things it written down.
4: Right Exhibit A from at Doug and Paso. Chris, I followed the sandwich bets. What I wrote down was Vic in weeks 9 to 12, not games 9 to 12. You nailed it. Not? All right. There was a bye week in there. But didn't he lose the job after three starts? He held the job for four weeks, but not four games.
1: We, right. We're gonna have to go and we'll listen have to, to go, go tap. That, that
4: is that puts that's your,
1: interesting. Uh, your it's interesting. Sandwiches on Dan, the worth Dan it on. and I won sandwiches off of that, but we'll see. I don't all think right. you did. We might have to go check. We'll have to dig through it. All right, Rams finished with
0: tied with the worst record in the NFL. West was down on the Rams. Greg, see so
1: you guys. Here's the here's the secret to the sandwich. Just take them all. Just
0: say yes. Yeah. What are the
4: odds that's going to be that's right? Fair. Almost, I got your uh, almost all of our predictions were wrong.
1: <laughs> uh, Rams are going to win
0: about seven games as they always do, so that will not get it done for worse record. Brandon Cooks, a guy that Wes is very high on, will be offensive rookie of the year. I
4: was high on him. He has been
1: replaced. More than capably by Odell Beckham. That's <laughs> it, true. It, it's ironic. You don't see Mark's name as taking any of these. Dan no. <laughs> and I did. And <laughs> I was, am on a budget. By <laughs> well, the way, well, I don't, <laughs> don't
2: want to do any of this. That's you you keep, I have to
1: do this. But you keep saying that that you're on a budget. But if you had just taken all of these, you would have won all the sandwiches That's and why saved he, yourself well, money. I'm
2: not a, I have not been a uh, diehard gambler for two two decades. <laughs> we don't so gamble don't here.
0: This. But Mark <laughs> Mark's logic was flawed because he doesn't want to risk losing sandwiches and paying out money. But he's not realizing that to win sandwiches. Exactly. And not paying money, you got to get involved. you got to take everyone else's. No, I'm not else's. saying
2: I'm good at this game. That's not my record. <laughs> All
0: right. <laughs> Mike Wallace will lead the AFC in receiving yards. I took Wes up on that, and I believe Wallace will lead the, the division, right? No. Oh, he won't. Gronkowski Gronk. is up,
4: oh, up, Robert,
1: up by a couple a, hundred yards. Technically, that one is still up in the air, but Dan is looking great mm, for it. Yeah, you're going to get that one.
0: And finally, West, Matt Ryan and Matthew Stafford finish with more passing yards than Peyton Manning. That's a big loss. And I, I took that. Greg took that one up. Stafford. <laughs> uh, Ryan, and,
4: Ryan and Peyton Manning might Greg be close. took everything we all said. What a challenge. <laughs> all right,
0: moving on to Mark. Michael Vick starts week one for the Jets. I was the only one to take Mark up on that, and I got a sandwich off it. Chomp, chomp, chomp. Blake Bortles starts by week three. This one hurt. This
2: one hurt because yeah. he came on the field in week three and essentially won the starting job right. from there but on out. But he up. didn't
0: start until week four. Greg, oh. Greg oh, and nothing. Wes. Both agreed to split the lunch if wrong. I don't know why they what did is that. that. <coughs> it's weird. Uh, <laughs> That's peculiar. Uh, Mark actually laid this out after Jets went over, over the Raiders <laughs> that the Jets will finish with a winning record, and nobody else took him up on that except for Greg, who got yeah. a sandwich off it. I am going to be full of sandwiches I this should say, off-season. by the way, Sessler Very won three sandwiches and lost five. And he's going to lose a few more coming up, maybe up to yum, yum, five. Yum. Just give us your ATM card, Mark. The, Mark, the Cleveland Cavs <laughs> will have more wins after seven games than the Browns will have all year. Of course, the Browns are sitting at seven, seven wins. wins. And I believe the Cavs started like three and four. Yeah, no, and no one took that. So that another way. lesson.
1: We should have all taken it. Mm-hmm. That was, None of us took that one.
0: Jimmy Garoppolo will start at least one game for the Patriots this year. I didn't take that one just because I didn't like when oh, Mark yeah. goes down the serious injury route for if people. You're, and I don't, if you keep his home,
1: nobody
4: has gotten one right so far.
1: <laughs> so Mark, Mark could be as low as though well, he's losing these two. He's that would put him at three and seven. And then the next one is I
2: will just yeah, I'll Peyton, va- I will vanish on transportation and the, and then, into the east. I'm not going to be in the non-producer <laughs>
0: category because our producers always make the worst sandwich propositions. But in in the ATL group, the worst one of all time. Peyton plays exactly 16 more NFL games than he's done. That's <laughs> not no, a chance to happen. Uh, no, it, it probably doesn't.
2: Well, laugh it off. That's fine. But, <laughs> but this was said after week one, so that he yeah. loses uh, a playoff right, game. Right, it's and one retires. more
4: playoff yeah. game. Right, right. So, so he, if he loses he the opening game. Game and, and then, then walks retires. off into the sunset. Mark looks like a genius.
1: Yes, he does. And if it's not, not he's he's given up eleven sandwiches. <laughs> oh my God! Moving, <laughs> moving on, moving on <laughs> to you Greg played it so far.
4: <laughs>
2: I'm just gonna buy one of those giant like forty foot long sandwiches, and you guys can do what you want with it. All right,
1: moving on to
0: Greg. He Greg is on fire so far. He's won nine sandwiches and lost just five. First one, NFC East will have three teams with losing records. Nobody took that, and that was uh, wrong. Everyone's been wrong. wrong. Yep. Yep. Justin Hunter will play more snaps than Nate Washington.
1: This is a Greg West fire joint. Where do we stand on that?
4: Uh, Nate Washington's going to play more snaps.
1: Well, Wes, this shows the kind of character (laughs) of the man we're dealing with. Justin Hunter was leading by a good margin. The man ruptured his spleen. Literally, and Wes took that as an occasion to send me a taunting email wow, celebrating Wes. the fact. We don't Good even job, need
4: Wes. spleens. We can do without them. Big <laughs> By deal. Right. I
1: would have done the same thing, Wes. Part of,
4: the, part of this proposition was that Justin Hunter is a slightly built
0: man who will always be injured. Oh, yeah,
1: you saw the spleen rupture coming. <laughs> he got drilled on that play. Wes
0: is a spleen <laughs> expert. Uh, all right, Jake Locker will have more passing yards than two of the following quarterbacks, RG3, stinky. Russell Wilson, And Colin Kaepernick. See
1: ya. We all took that one. You could have listed any two quarterbacks in the NFL, (laughs) and that
0: would have lost. Everyone did, including TD, who won a sandwich off that one. Good job there, uh, Mr. TD. Teddy Uh,
1: Bridgewater's the new Jake Locker.
0: I would hold off on that, though, TD, because we haven't gotten to you yet. Uh, Robert Woods leads the Bills in receiving yards. Uh, this uh, was a West took him up on this, and and then we have another note here. If Greg
1: wins, he gets a side of potato salad <laughs> on top of the sandwich. I'm going to lose that one. It was close, That's close, heinous. but I'm going to lose. All right,
4: Greg had to negotiate extra details into the. Well,
0: uh, I was
1: giving up odds, but yeah, sure.
0: This is also another one that just involved Greg and I. Greg said that Richie Incognito won't play in the NFL again. I say he will. Uh, That is yet to be determined, so that's kind of in the air. Uh, On a side note, I have a much darker proposition with Handsome Hank downstairs regarding Incognito, but I will not get into it on the show. Uh, (laughs) Last one from Greg. Mike Zimmer will receive more Coach of the Year votes than Peyton Manning or Drew Brees get MVP votes. Convoluted,
1: but My I got a shot at this one. You Breeze, isn't getting, Breeze any. isn't getting any. Peyton, I don't know he'll if get he'll get some. any. Zimmer's like fourth or fifth. I, I don't
2: know if Zimmer's going to. I generate think
1: it might enough. be like two to zero this
0: year. This is I, a West. I got a joint. shot.
1: This is a close one.
0: I'm with Wes. I think Wes is going to win this, but it could be close. All right, moving on. To me, I've won six so far and lost three. Well, Dan's doing well, and uh, the only
2: reason we're doing this segment is because of that.
0: <laughs> yes, thank you. Uh, <laughs> barring injury, Michael Vick doesn't start for the Jets in 2014. How stupid! are No we? one took me on that. Why? Why how are you? stupid! You, are everyone, we? we forget how strangely, almost suspiciously high we were oh, on the Jets yeah. and Geno Smith after a 1914 win over the Raiders at That's home true. in Week One. That was. <clears throat> moving on uh, case Keenum will start more games than Ryan Mallett. The great upset of all time. Case Keenum emerges out of the ether a week ago and is most likely barring something, him getting struck by lightning <laughs> this week. will finish with the same number of starts as Mallett, who was the name. So that's going to be a push Texans starter and then uh, hurt himself. And he's out for the year. It's going to be two, two, you, you guys were magnanimous, and you said, even though I, he doesn't have more starts, the absurd nature of the cover here. That's the miraculous yeah, pick of the year. That's the way. I don't know why
4: we chose now to start being magnanimous. <laughs> but, uh, oh,
0: well, we said it, so we'll uh, follow through. It. This one has my fingerprints all over it. Andy Dalton will finish with a higher passer rating than <laughs> Philip Rivers. <laughs> Uh, I don't know what it is. I, I would assume it's something about, like, 93 to 80 or something. It's probably not a hugely embarrassing, but Dog i has an wrong. 82.7 passer
1: This is, the, this is yeah. actually his worst year, I think, the yeah. well, I didn't. He had it
0: been a, a 90s year. guy until this season, and that's what I was banking on. It didn't work out that way, and I lost sandwiches to Greg, Mark, and Wes on that one. Jason Garrett will survive the 2014 season. He's not only going to survive, it; he's going to get, like, a million-year extension. Wow. Sessler said, no, he's getting fired. Sessler Cess- uh, was, was famously out in the Cowboys to the point where he had the famous adjectives for the Cowboys. That defense. was the
1: one-one Mark took, basically, and he got that wrong, yeah. too.
0: Finally, uh, we've been talking about this all year in the newsroom. J.J. Watt will have more sacks than DeMarcus Ware and Von Miller combined. Uh, Watt is probably going to have more sacks than either of those guys, but Ware and Miller are over 20 as a, as a combo. You're going to so lose three that. there,
1: so you'll even out yeah, a little so bit. Yeah, so lost
0: that one, too. Greg Wesson, T.D. in on that. And finally, T.D., who uh great job by TD he's he won one sandwich and is down 4 and he's going to win that watt one so two but here we go Calvin Johnson finishes the year with 20 <laughs> at least excuse me at least 24 receiving touchdowns and the entire group could not wait to jump on that one and it's going to cost them multiple sandwiches your thoughts TD
3: I'm a home run hitter you know I took a shot I missed but you know you got to know who you are in this Your one. home
1: run misser <laughs> I don't know <laughs> You're like Rob <laughs> Deere. You didn't hit one.
4: <laughs> Our producers, for the record, are combined one and six in their careers in this game.
3: Yeah, you
0: want
1: to play with the big boys, you know.
3: If you only get one or two shots, you've got to take your shot, you know. Okay. You, can't, you can't go for the little ones.
0: And uh, the final one, which none of us took, and it's a, it's a good thing, the Jets, Dolphins, or Bills will make the playoffs. TD laid that out, and uh, we didn't take the bait, and it's a good Stupid. thing we didn't. Well, no, we should have. We should have. We could have taken
1: some sandwiches. Oh, yeah, exactly. That's what I
4: mean. I've noticed a little bit of strategy here. Stratica. Here's one of the keys to this game. If you reel in three or four guys, you better hope you get it right or else you're down. Mm-hmm. You're never going to recover from that.
0: So right? we'll have the final numbers uh, in about a week, but most of these are settled. And uh, I guess what's the, the big takeaway that w- none of us know anything? Right. But uh, well, we
1: tried to put these things out. Yeah, on the we limb. tried to have some fun. We did
4: it uh, in advance of free agency
0: last year, I believe, and it, that was—I think—we got quite a few of those. We'll right. do that again.
1: We'll bring it back for free
0: agency again. So that is the "Go Get My Lunch" propositions for the 2014 NFL
1: season. All right, that was it. I'm How l- many people just fast-forwarded right to the sandwich thing? No one. Really? Do okay. you think people care about the sandwich? I don't know. I hope they did because it was a good time Maybe they're just like, we need a little Dan and Wes in our lives. I, I can pretty much tell my wife, hey, you don't have to budget for food in 2015 because I got about 15 million sandwiches coming Well, and I've way. told my wife
2: that our two children won't be eating until <laughs> middle of April. That's fine. That's how it goes. <laughs> uh, you
0: are a factory of sandwiches. Uh, uh,
1: you know, that'll be fine. Wow. What a terrible what way, a way to, to go into Christmas. TD, abominable. Well, we want to thank everyone that listens to the show all regular season long. Of course, we'll be back on Sunday night to wrap up this week 17. We'll be back throughout the playoffs with three shows a week. But in the meantime, have a great Christmas. Have a great Hanukkah. Any holidays that you celebrate, you know, get it done. (laughs) Have a good time. For Mark Sessler, TD, behind the glass. Zach Dressler's back there. Dan Hansis in New York. Chris Wesseling. We'll see you on Sunday.
0: You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower,